1: That's BlueNile.com. Well, hello, everyone. And you join us here today to talk about a watch collection. Not one that either of us actually own, but one that we're thinking about in a hypothetical sense. Now, uh, Tom, I know you're a big fan of, of hypotheticals. So why don't you kick this one off by choosing a brand that this collection will be entirely made of?
0: Ooh, um, de dum de dum de. Well, I'm halfway there anyway. So what about a Seiko collection?
1: A Seiko collection, not not Grand Seiko.
0: No, 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 no. An affordable collection. <laughs> um, I think. Seiko have got a lot of collections, um, a lot of kind of brand series in Mm -hmm. their catalogue. And I think there's quite a wide range, diverse selection of models and um, types of watches that would cover all aspects of your dismal life. (laughs) Whether you're diving or on the boat or in the
1: office. Yeah, mulling over your life choices. Yeah. Speaking of which, well... Perhaps I, perhaps I'd uh, I'll, I'll set things off with a Seiko recommendation of my own. This is this is a watch that caught my attention when it came out and continues to be something that I'd quite like to own. So uh, bear with me if you will, while I give you a little bit of a backstory. Do you remember 1969?
0: No, <laughs> I mean I'm aware of it. I'm aware of the number.
1: Yeah, it definitely happened. Um, yeah. In 1969, a few different brands all were going, rushing to make the world's first automatic chronograph movement. That is to say, uh, a mechanical watch that can record time, a chronograph, that is also powered by uh, an automatic winding rotor. Before this, uh, all, all of the mechanical chronograph movements had been manually wound. Tag Heuer was in on it. Breitling was in on it. You had uh, Hamilton as well. They all teamed up together to try and make a movement that was automatic and chronograph.
0: Had the only automatic chronograph so far been absolutely massive?
1: <laughs> there hadn't been one at all. Um, well, I guess no no pocket watches would have all been wound. Stopwatches and things would have all been manually wound. There, there wasn't one at all. No one had thought of it. The first automatic watch had come about in a, in a wristwatch, I think in the 1920s. Uh, I think there might have been a Harwood or something like that. But it had taken that long to, to combine the two things together. But on, on the other side of the fence, you had uh, Zenith as well. And these two brands, uh, the, the conglomerate of Hamilton, Breitling and Tag Hoyer, then Heuer, they were competing against Zenith to create the first automatic chronograph. Zenith wanted to make it unique as, a, as, a, as integrated. So... The movement that powers the timing and the, the mainspring and all of those sorts of things were, were combined with the chronograph. It was all integrated into one very sleek movement. Hoyer and Breitling and Hamilton, they went a different approach. They went, here's an automatic normal movement. Let's slap a chronograph module on the top and create the big, thick, chunky thing.
0: That's how I would have done it. Yeah, yeah they
1: phoned it in, basically. Uh, and they won. They They beat Zenith by a matter of months.
0: Did they have to race the finished watch to the steps of the town hall or anything? And,
1: <laughs> and then bing the bell. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it was, it, was, it was almost as close as that. It really was very, very tight. Uh, but the conglomerate of Breitling, Hamilton, and Hoyer won. Also, they thought, because also in 1969, on the other side of the world, Seiko had just done exactly that. They had made an automatic chronograph watch. Did the time difference give them an advantage? <laughs> they, they got up a little bit earlier, working a little bit later. But this was a domestic release, this Seiko watch. Um, and so no one in Switzerland really heard of it. There was there was really no no need for them to. Until now. Or until more recently.
0: So you are saying it was out and about on people's wrists without any fanfare?
1: Yeah, I th- I think I seem to recall there may have been some sort of conversation about it at at a Basel World at some point, where um the whoever was leading Seiko at the time was was telling people about it, but no one was really interested uh, or believed it. It was a Japanese watch, mechanical. No one was really that bothered. The whole the whole Grand Seiko. Uh, expedition was all about proving to the Swiss that the Japanese could make watches as good as they could but nobody was interested in this but it beat them to it and um, and Seiko have chosen more recently to recreate that watch to reissue it as a celebration of that original speed timer it was called and um, in order to celebrate that the watch they've made looks absolutely nothing like it <laughs> and is uh, powered by the sun and uses a quartz movement <laughs> right <laughs> but it's lovely. It's, um, it's a really, really nice looking watch. Um, but that kind of bonkers story aside, the actual watch is a really, really nice watch. Yeah, there's there's definitely vibes of classic chronographs like the Daytona going on there with that yeah. that black outer tachymeter bezel, panda. The uh, the contrasting. Did you just say panda? No, good. The contrasting <laughs> subdials. Um, And just the general layout of it, really. Mm. Uh, But it's just a really smart watch. Uh, 590 quid, which is really good. Yeah. Case diameter of of 39 millimetres, which is a a very comfortable size. Yes, that's that's within reason. Yeah, and it just does does everything you would want a chronograph to do. And um, it's not the cheapest. It's certainly not the cheapest for a quartz chronograph, but... It's kind of got uh, an element of um, down-to-earthness about it mm. that you don't get from perhaps some of the Swiss alternatives that can feel a little bit more aloof.
0: Cool, yeah, I like it, yeah. I like the idea of a chronograph. Something to play with, isn't it? Some buttons to press.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: I think it's a must-have for any collection.
1: Yeah, well, let's let's stick it in there. That That's one in the collection so far. What would you pick for number two?
0: Sold. So you and I both know... That Présage offers new perspectives. Présage offers new perspectives. Does it? Yes. <laughs> Japanese beauty crafted into a mechanical timepiece. What we're looking at here is the Présage cocktail series. Mm-hmm. The glamour of cocktails seen through the eyes of the Japanese.
1: From the cocktail bar to your wrist. What does that mean? What, what does that mean? A cocktail bar on your wrist? Is there? Do you have to balance an olive on it? Or? <laughs>
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's a bit of a weird motif for your watch, but um so I think the Presage series is the Presage collection is is sort of inspired by Japanese culture and I think there is a cocktail bar y culture in some of the um the, the slicker areas of Tokyo. Um so that's where it's coming from. I think I think they were sort of leaning into their their heritage and their culture and stuff, which is cool, um, if you buy into it. But <laughs> regardless of that I think these watches are just really nice and clean and crisp and um, the dials are all colored to resemble your favorite cocktails margarita Manhattan martini and others Um, you get applied diamond markers um, thin and polished and shiny to resemble the stem of a cocktail glass Um, they've got nice Sunray dials as well um, to resemble cocktails But it, so, but even better, there's these new releases that have come out and they've got these really, really nice radial kind of uh, petal pattern dials, which mm. I think they're made to sort of echo the light refraction of a cocktail glass. I would go for this new um, Presage Cocktail Time Old Clock. It's this dark blue with this new kind of radial patterned texture and those
1: vintage numerals
0: made to resemble the print on old liquor bottles
1: well the the whole collection is is something i can imagine bill murray begrudgingly advertising to a domestic market in japan um the whole cocktail thing does seem rather tenuous isn't it yeah but that aside the old the old clock it it's a really really lovely looking watch
0: yeah yeah the numerals are lovely um i like that font um and the the dial is getting into some grand seiko it's sort of elevating this you know bog standard seiko into grand seiko territory isn't it yeah and for 400 pounds they're all about 400 pounds i think that's really reasonable um especially for these newer versions um yeah
1: you get the uh that 4r35 automatic movement in there it's not it's not the best movement in the world but it will certainly keep on running yeah, a
0: little jagged around the edges, but it looks cool. And you can see it as well. I think um, this this uh, Cocktail Time was one of the first Seikos that um, we featured on the channel. And it was I think it might have been even the first one I'd sort of... I, I mean, Seiko's a very ubiquitous brand, isn't it? And you, yeah. everyone sort of knows the name, whether or not they can recall seeing an actual watch of theirs or not. But I remember looking through the back and I was like, oh wow, it's got a sapphire crystal on the back and I can see the movement. I thought that was only reserved for luxury watches. I didn't know that you could get that
1: yeah. <laughs> at an affordable price tag. Well, there's definitely an ethos or perhaps a misunderstanding that Seiko makes japanese watches, mm. you know, that, that could well easily be sold at the market stall down your local high street and be great quality. But not really have a particularly premium feel. And the whole Presage collection, really for me, especially in handling them, turns that on its head. You can scrutinise them and enjoy them to quite a high degree, way higher than you'd expect for a price that only has two zeros in it. Uh, And I think it's very deserving of a collection made up entirely of Seiko for sure. But that's not to say that Seiko make only cheap watches um, because I'd like to throw something under your nose that costs over £1,100 that says Seiko on the dial oof yeah this is interesting territory for me the idea of Seiko starting to muscle in at the lower end of Grand Seiko's price point mm. when you start saying mm-hmm, thousand uh, in, the, in the prices you, you've you got to start wondering what kind of quality you're getting but again Seiko really does impress um, this is the Prospex 1965 diver's reinterpretation. And um, unlike the speed time in 1969, is a far closer uh, homage to the original watch, which, as you can imagine, came out in 1965. Um, we know that Rolex made dive watches. One of the very first. We know that Omega made dive watches. A lot of brands made dive watches, but Seiko did as well. Some really uh, high quality ones that were used um, by professional divers, uh, especially I think in Vietnam, they, they appeared, they were affordable, they were high quality, um, a little bit easier to to afford for a, a soldier perhaps than um, your equivalent Rolex or whatever. And you can really see some of the saving in the way this, this watch is made. If you look at, for example, the way the, the case is formed, you can see that's just one stamped piece of metal yeah lump there's no there's no fancy yeah it's a lump isn't it there's no there's no fancy finishing going on polishing or shaping going on here it's just punched out in exactly the same way that it was back in 1965 to give you this iconic uh and very basic shape that is unique to uh seiko's diver yeah um but in order to earn back some of that 1100 quid they're asking for uh you get the 6r35 caliber and that's 70 hours of power reserve you get uh, a really really high quality dial the, the kind of finishing that really starts to uh give you the vibes that you would get from a grand seiko that very high-end finish um and the aspect that i really really like i'm interested to see what you think here i, I like the faux loom i like i like the creaminess i think that's the the
0: main usp for me i think that's what is most appealing about it um it's got a warm vintage vibe. Yeah, that's nice. I suppose that's what—that's the whole point of Faux Loom, isn't it? To give it that kind of warmth.
1: Yeah, I think so. It would be... For me, this is my take on Faux Loom, because you can get vari- variations of this watch in more crisp white. But there's something about... I, I know it's a reissue. I know it's not actually old. I know the Loom hasn't actually aged, but it's... It gives you a a certain aesthetic something that feels different. Uh, And to me, I would say that, okay, right, they still make records. We're all listening to streaming services now, but they still make records, and they still put them in cardboard sleeves. You could say that making a cardboard sleeve is outdated and that they should put the record in a CD case that's big. (laughs) But they don't. They want to give you the full experience of what uh, a record is like and what it was like, and I think that's the same here. It just gives you something... Just a little nicer, it's not over the top, it's just a little something. Um, but the overall aesthetic uh, this, this is what uh, really appealed to me about my um Black Bay 58 it takes the dive watch back to its roots, it keeps it simple, it doesn't overdress it, it uh formulates it in a way that feels like okay, yeah, this is the thing that was made at that time to be used, not to be posed in or to like catch the light and be all shiny. It's the right balance for me of of, um, of practical and a sort of a modern jewellery trinket. I'm not so keen on some of the other Seiko divers that are really big and bulky, like the tuna and things like that. The, the turtle, yeah. Cool, that's, 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 uh, that's three then. Yeah, well,
0: so that's interesting because on the opposite end of the s- scale, I'm going for something a little bit more stylized, looking into the sharp-edged series. Uh, now this is a new line um, from Seiko, um, still in the Présage collection, mm-hmm. um, and specifically the Présage Sharp Edge Series GMT SPB two two one J
1: one. This looks very familiar.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lots of Grand Seiko GMT vibes from this one. It's about thirteen hundred pounds, so it's on again on the 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 steeper side of Seiko pricing which is about £700 cheaper than the cheapest bog-standard quartz Grand Seiko. Mm. Um, but the lines are starting to get a little bit blurry, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they really are.
0: Yeah, so the, the Sharp Edge series, it's all about sharp edges. Because <laughs> every boy crazy about a sharp-edged watch. <laughs> Crisp lines, flat polished surfaces, multi-dimensions and shiny surfaces. Oh, I cut myself. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, And the dial as well, it's incorporated that. It's got this um, traditional Japanese Asanoha hemp leaf pattern, Mm. um, which is very intricate and geometric looking. And it sort of gives you this nice layered, multifaceted texture with the light bouncing off it from every angle, which is very cool and very Seiko. Inside it is the 8 beat per second caliber 6R6.4. And... It has the power reserve indicator on the dial. Now, this is something which I usually hate about a Grand Seiko, um, and there's something very Grand Seiko about it. But but now that it's on a relatively affordable Seiko, I quite like it. <laughs> it's um, something that's unmistakably Grand Seiko on a Seiko dial. Yeah. Elevates it, even if it is something that's
1: undesirable. Oh Yeah, I, I, I know what you've done here. You, you're going... Cool, it looks like a Grand Seiko. I like Grand Seiko. I'm buying into something that's almost a Grand Seiko, even though the thing that's on a Grand Seiko I don't like.
0: Yes. They're very clever. <laughs> they got me. You son of a bitch,
1: you did it. See, I I, I, I don't like uh, a red Ferrari. I think it's cliche. Right. But if you see a sports car, like a cheaper sports car, you've got to get it in red, because then it's like a Ferrari.
0: Yeah, sure. It's faster as well, probably. <laughs> um...
1: I'm confused as to what Seiko and Grand Seiko are doing here. Are they.? Are, are, it almost seems like two separate brands that are trying to muscle in on one another. This doesn't seem like a very coordinated effort, unless it is. Unless this is business genius and I have no idea what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, it is curious, isn't it? I think maybe they need a medium weight brand in the middle. Was it? Do they need to bring back King Seiko? Is that what it was before?
1: Uh, yeah, well, King Seiko and Grand Seiko were pitched at the same level. Right. They were competing against each other. So maybe we need we have Seiko and we have Grand Seiko. Maybe we need Moderate Seiko.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or um,
1: Mr. Seiko, something... Mr. Seiko. That does sound very Japanese, doesn't it? Um, Or something perhaps, if Seiko is being elevated to this mid-tier level and Grand Seiko, we've seen Grand Seiko being pushed up to quite high tier prices. Yeah. uh, With Cradle being at the very top. Maybe there's something that comes underneath Seiko, like a baby Seiko. A Tudor version of Seiko.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I hope they're listening to this. Um, But the Sharp Edge series, yeah, there is... That that bezel, the big wide hands, the chunky markers, the uh, the, the power reserve indicator on the dial, the angular case—it's it's Grand Seiko through and through for uh, less than a Grand Seiko. So the equivalent that you were talking about, the Grand Seiko GMT, gets a quartz movement instead, but then has that full level of Grand Seiko finishing. Between the two, which would you pick?
0: Um, <clears throat> I really like this. I think this hemp dial is exquisite. I think it's I think it's something. Seiko should be really proud of Sharp Edge series is coming at you
1: (laughs) it is Um, I think we've picked enough expensive watches after all Seiko is supposed to be affordable so uh, what I suggest for the next addition to the collection is something that won't even cost you £100 think of what £100 doesn't get you these days it doesn't loads of stuff doesn't get you a Playstation does barely get you a game for a Playstation these days doesn't it half a tank of petrol (laughs) <laughs> yeah fuel here is in is i know i know fuel is going up everywhere but it's quite ridiculous here now uh this is a full watch on a bracelet with a date and a day and an automatic movement for less than a hundred pounds this is the seiko 5 snxs 79 um we recently featured this in a review actually um which may or may not have been published yet i'm not quite sure and uh, it's one of those watches that is the, the go-to for affordability. Like, uh, do you have less than £100 and you want a watch? This is it. Mm. There are no other choices, really, unless you're going to compromise very heavily on the quality or the mechanism or the brand or... or, or. And, um, and I, I, honestly, I didn't expect too much from it, but it turned up and I was really impressed. I was really impressed. And do you know what it reminded me of, actually? Because it's not... Um, we're not talking Grand Seiko levels of quality here, obviously. But if you've ever had the chance to look at a uh, a vintage Omega or something like that, something from the 1950s, where you've got stamped hands and uh, sort of a, a fairly crudely finished case and things like that that are done well, but with, to the limitations of the time... This was exactly that. It felt like a vintage watch, but brand new and for less than a hundred pounds. The the links were folded metal, you know, where they wrap it round, and you can see through the side how many times it's been folded over. Um, the hands were stamped quite clearly. Uh, all of those sorts of things. It had quite a nice sunburst dial, and it was it, it was quite it was almost a shock to be holding this thing and thinking this costs less than a hundred pounds. How is this physically possible? It's yeah well if you've got 100 quid this is this is it this isn't a current
0: model though is it this is old seiko 5 stuff right
1: you can still buy them here and there i think um amazon and places like that still have them so you can buy them go to the retail outlet or yeah i don't think it's current still and i think that's why some of these really good prices are appearing so get one before it's gone because this is you know st- student whoever you know you're saving your pocket money and you you've got an absolute affinity for mechanical watches and you want to have one that's made from a by brand that's older than rolex that's good quality that has proper automatic mechanical movement in it i i challenge you to find something that gives you more for less
0: that's a tidy everyday watch isn't it it really is you could switch out that bracelet and put a strap on it and it would wear differently be great for everything yeah A, a beta watch as they say do they
1: if they do say that a beta watch I'm not quite sure what activity they're participating in
0: I think that comes from when uh, Leo put that tag around his fist and he used it <laughs> to uh, beat up um Jack Nicholson in the departed or something I don't know
1: yeah I get confused between him and um and Johnny Depp he did the perfume advert didn't he he didn't do the beta watch
0: no yeah he sausage was it
1: that perfume yeah that's right but yeah you're absolutely right you can put this on a strap and you wear it and it just looks like a nice watch. There is no cheapness or anything like that. It's just a. If if I had millions, and I had Orvex and MBNFs and Pateks and all of that, there would probably still be one of those in there, just because it's an important part of of watchmaking history. I think, especially in the face of some of the prices that RRP's have been creeping up to. Well, uh, that is a five-watch Seiko collection, and I think that's that's probably a good place to, to wrap that up, unless you have any other sensible suggestions.
0: Yeah, shut up, because <laughs> we, need a, we need a new Seiko 5 Sports. Okay. We need, you know, you've got your old everyday Seiko 5 beta watch, that's fine, but we need a steel sports stunner in there as well. <laughs> so we need a Seiko 5 Sports reborn in 2019. And again, you know, this is all about durability, reliability, yep. performance, and value as well. These are these are cheap watches from about two hundred to four hundred pounds. Um, so, and there's a lot to choose from. There's twenty-seven different pieces in this collection. I think that might be a modest underestimation. Um, I think there's probably way more than that. So many myriad limited editions and series and things are all getting chucked in there I think Brian May's got his own one in there now
1: really yeah like a
0: red sig- signature guitar fair enough yeah so there's so much to choose from there's rotating bezels mm-hmm. chunky hands and markers day and day a wide variety of straps and bracelets and colours and dials the calibre 4R36 inside which has a 41 hour power reserve and a hacking second hand so you know these are bursting with features for, for good value um so it's up to you which one you go for. As, as Seiko themselves suggest, find your own new style. Okay. You've got sports style. Yep. Go beyond the norm. Mm. Suit style. The power of refinement. Nice. Specialist style. A look for all times. Right. Street style. Okay. Do it your way. Right. Sense style. Creativity is all about the details. Um personally, just play it safe and get the Naruto one or um or maybe one of the lads from one piece Luffy or zero or Zobo or maybe Sanjay's your man um
1: but yeah they how many how many different variations did you say they did because it didn't sound like didn't sound right to me.
0: 27 different executions, I think was how Seiko put it. Um, but what's weird about all those different styles is click on any one of these and I'm, I swear you just go through to the exact same page as any of the others. They're all just there waiting for you. So I don't know what the difference is. <laughs>
1: it is It is uh, just a jumble sale of, of, of pieces, isn't it? It's is very, it's very very hard to find the one. Have you ever scrolled through it and you thought, oh, I like that one, except for that one bit. I'll keep scrolling yeah. to find the one with the bit that i like and the other parts and and you just it it's it is the it is the discount rack of watches they're all just jammed in there they all look almost the same and it's basically impossible to choose
0: i, w- I wonder how um seiko themselves manage their pieces if they come up with a concept for a watch and they go oh that's very much a presage piece that can go in the presage mm. or What's this one? Oh, that's Seiko 5. Or this one's a Prospects. This one's Astron. Or, it's like, how do they know? Because <laughs> some, sometimes it feels a bit arbitrary. You, 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 if you see them all there in, in on one big page, you click on one and you go, oh, that's a Presage, is it? I would have had that down as <laughs> a Prospects. I,
1: I, I think at this point, I don't think they know. I think they put the watch into a machine and it tells them, like the sorting hat, and it just goes into a collection at random. Not présage, not présage. presage Well, there you go. Uh, that That is a collection of six watches from the Seiko lineup. All very different, all offering something very unique. Uh, some very affordable, some slightly less so, but all really uh, bargains in their own right. Um, if you, dear listener and viewer, have a particular Seiko that you think would make your Seiko collection, let us know in the comments below and um, please do subscribe while you're down there. Some 55% of the people watching and listening uh, aren't subscribed, and it really, really does help if you do. So uh, thank you very much for doing that. Um, and if you are in any doubt as to which Seiko you would like to choose, why don't you just follow the Tom method of choosing, which is to go for the blue one uh, <laughs> for £300, if I recall. Yes. And and with that, if you'd like us to do any other single make collections, do let us know. Uh, and until then, I'm going to go and... Stop thinking about Seiko watches before I buy one. Bye everyone. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.